welcome to episode 61 of the Heavy Matters podcast. I'm back after a little extended holiday, signed off by the man sitting opposite me, Venny. Um, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Very good. 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 Lovely to have you back, obviously. And absolutely, it's lovely to be back. Um, I suppose I should give a couple of shout-outs, first of all. Um, so I took a couple of weeks off because we're, I've just changed role at work. Kids are at that age where it's very much on top of things <laughs> being that age. Um, so I just had to take a couple of weeks off just to reset and refresh. Um, so first of all, shout out to Tony and Fletch, who stepped up to the plate um, for the past two episodes, which I really enjoyed, actually. It's quite nice sitting there and listening to your podcast with someone else. I thought it'd be weird, but it was actually really nice and just enjoying it. I'm not going to take Fletcher up on his offer of uh, Black Mando. <laughs> um, grateful for them, for those boys to cover those albums because they're definitely not in my wheelhouse. But those boys are, um, we're lucky to have them, to be honest. They, you know, doing the reviews of the website and stepping up like that, you know, they're they're really good lads to have on board. We're only a small, small podcast, but, you know, those two boys have been a great asset to us and huge thanks. So big shout out to them. And of course, to you, Venny, for stepping up and uh, keeping the wheels turning for those two two weeks, two and a bit weeks. Um, but I'm back. I didn't miss any. The only album I missed that I didn't talk about was White Ward. Yes. That you covered. Yes. Um, do you maybe want to we'll my... hear about that again? Yeah, maybe. In December. Maybe. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll yeah, say. Um, I, well, I'll just us... I'll just quickly say that it's a very very good album, and that's all I'll say for now, and we'll leave it for that. Um, we are covering today Imperial Triumphant, Pans of Faust. You can tell I'm back with the album choices: <laughs> <laughs> Imperial Triumphant, Pans of Faust, and Russian Circles. And we will be the show after this will be our Arc Tangent preview, which we are set, hooked, and lined and ready to go. I was only, <coughs> I was going to be leaving Saturday, but I'm there now for the full Opeth set. Oh, so delighted, lovely. yeah, delighted with that. Um, so yeah, our tangent will be two weeks time. Bloodstock this weekend, and last night. Now it depends when you listen to this episode, but last night I spoke to uh, Michael Stan from Dark Tranquility on oh, right. on their new band, The Halo Effect. So that'll be coming out soon. The video for that at some point, but lovely time with one of like the scenes legends like the Gothenburg yeah. scenes legends um absolutely um their album's out the 12th of August days of the lost and it's well worth your time but anyway let's get into it okay let's kick off with Imperial Triumphant and I remember during the download preview show we were talking about Diamond Fetus and saying how a three-piece band can make that much of a racket I can't believe we left Imperial Triumphant out of that list because these boys make a hell of a racket I first got into them in during lockdown, actually, during their album Vile Luxury. And it was something I'd never really heard anything like. And I remember at the time sharing it with the, the lads on the WhatsApp group saying, this is the most disorientating album I've ever heard in my life. And then 2020's Alphaville, which was my number one album of 2020, was released. And now we're here with Spirit of Ecstasy. And I'm dying to hear what you think of this album. Were you a fan of Alphaville? I, I was. I was. Um, 
and I'll probably go on to talk about this. I was um, very much in awe of what they've done. Yeah. But like you say, it's extremely challenging music. Um, and we've talked about some challenging albums on the show before that evoke a certain feeling in you. And that's not necessarily something you want to keep going back to. But I think I was very much respectful of what they've done and it's just you know an incredible feat but it's not necessarily going to be my favorite album does that does that make sense yeah this this imperial triumphant are a band that i think they're like marmite you either love them or hate them i don't think there's a an in-between you talked about bands similar to having that feeling amen ra was the one for me um another sort of similar band but a lot more accessible would be Igor in terms yeah. of the intensity of them. Obviously, it's not as dense and dark, but it has mm. that frantic feel about them. Um, and the, another that I felt evoked again, not necessarily musically, but evoked a similar feeling in me was that Ulcerate um, album. Mm. Um, yeah. Again, just really dark and challenging and just quite unsettling just an incredible piece of work but not necessarily one you'd willingly choose to go back to that often yes and this album it does carry on very much in the vein of imperial triumphant but comparing it to alphaville is quite difficult because there are similarities in the music but on this album spirit of ecstasy I mean, it was a challenging listen. Now, I listen to black metal a lot and, you know, I dig through a lot of stuff. But even for me, this was towards the end of the album. I On the first couple of listens, I was like, can this please just finish? Because it was giving me like <laughs> anxiety with how dense it was. But once you get through those first couple of listens, there is so much to enjoy in this album. It is a lot. It's a lot harder to get into than Alphaville. Holds all the same traits, but just... They do something to me, Imperial Triumphant, that not a lot of bands do, and they just constantly are pushing boundaries with their music. And in a way, Venny, your favourite sort of genres would be more down the arctangent bands with, let's take Carbomb and Frontiera, as examples, uh, Dillinger as well. Um, so how did you find listening to this album? Yeah, I I think the same as you, really. Um, that for the first few listens, I found it extremely challenging and disorientating. And I think, first and foremost, this is one of these albums that you have to give your full attention to. Yeah. You cannot have this just in the background or on in the card, you know, you have to be at your very sharpest wits to listen to this because if you just have it on, it will sound like a noise to you. So I think that's the first lesson that I had. I think I, <laughs> the first time or two I had it and wasn't fully committed to it. And I was just like, oh man, I just can't listen to this. Um, I think the difference to me, with this album and Alphaville, is um, Alphaville had that 1920s New York um, art deco cinematic kind of thread with its samples and its sounds that 
gave you just something to cling on to, just something to prise your fingernails into to stop yourself being completely whisked away. I find this doesn't have that so much, and it's it, and as such, it's even more challenging as mm. a listen as a listen to. Before I, with Alphabet, I felt I could just about cling on to the ride, whereas this one just chucks me into the gutter every time. Every time. Um, I mean, my my thoughts that stand that it's just a very impressive piece of work. They are willfully, willfully antagonistic. I mean, there's parts in the Tower of Glory where it's these juddering kind of shifting samples and wild black metal, almost industrial. It's just so abrasive and heavy. Um, yeah, just so challenging um, and ambitious. And and on that track, it added in is the female vocals as well, which were... Yeah notorious on vile luxury and they just take it to an extra level of harrowingness is that mm. word harrowingness um mm. a, a harrowing state that it sort of it starts off with that like you said it's juddering juddering the bass lines and then female vocals come in clean and then they go so aggressive like shrieking almost that it just you know, one song it takes you on such a wild ride, and but then again, this is what Imperial Triumphant are about. You know, this is oh yeah, this is um, avant-garde experimental black metal at its finest, and you won't find another band as crazy as this at this in this year. No, I think the only band, and I think musically that can hold a candle is Aranti Pazuzu and um, yeah. they come at it from a slightly different angle. Obviously, Imperial Trump and have a much more jazz-based approach to it. But the black metal on this album really reminded me of that really woozy, mm. low-end, lo-fi black metal that Aranti Pazuzu have on their album. And as I say, woozy is the best word I can use. It's really kind of almost sickening at points, like being on a fairground ride. Um, but yeah, they're, they're the only band that I can say hold a candle to them, really. Yeah. And at the same time, though, obviously, it is very challenging to listen to. And this genre of music is notoriously hard. But what, let's just take a note of, they have... Um, Kenny G as Ridiculous. a guest on this album, right? Now he's a jazz musician, fine. But question for you: Do you think Kenny G is just going in blind, n not just saying, "Oh, can you do?" I would imagine he doesn't just accept offers left, right, and center. And he, he, Imperial Triumphant must have had an impact on him to agree to do this, and that's credit to the band as well. Yeah, um, it's on, what would you call it, Merclius Guided, that Kenny G comes Gil on. Gilded, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, I mean, he's a multi-million selling artist, like one of the US's biggest selling artists of all time. And for him to do this is quite a ridiculous scenario. I mean, one thing I'd say, and it's maybe a broader question, is 
what your relationship is with jazz. And I think for when you were talking about Marmite, I think a lot of people feel that way about jazz. And I think that's probably reflecting on how you feel about Imperial Triumphant. But coming back to Kenny G, I think he does a lovely turn on this, even amidst the squall and the squalor. It's quite a smooth sax line. And I mean, coming on to your question, I just think he won the, the challenge. I think he wasn't coming into it blind. I think he must have had a very good idea. Um, and I think jazz musicians are some of technically the best musicians Agreed. in the world. They stretch boundaries probably as far as any other genre. And I think he was probably dead bang up for it. I felt like absolutely tip my hat for him to him going on and putting his skills to this um the album's eight tracks long i assume for you venny that's probably just enough is it oh, uh, yeah i mean the runtime what is it 56 minutes or something like that um, yeah yeah it's that is a towering fortress to try and scale um yeah that that is on the longer side the number of tracks for me, doesn't really make a difference because yeah. I think what Imperial Trump can do, which is typical of jazz and classical music, is that even within one track, they'll have several movements and it almost breaks down mid-track and completely changes tack to almost a completely different song. So I w- for me, the eight tracks isn't such a thing because, um, as I say, it could be you know it could be 16 or 24 tracks the way it's divided it's yeah. more the o- overall meal to consume uh, yeah is... there's you yeah i mean on one track you could have three separate tracks alone such yeah. is yeah, the yeah. makeup of the songs which there were times when i was listening to it on the first go i was like oh that track finished quickly and then it just goes into i just want to quickly talk call out as um on the track Metro Vertigo, um, I don't know, this is quite, but there's about halfway through and Zach lets out this harrowing bellow of a vocal line. And it just reminds me of like defeating an end boss on a computer <laughs> game before getting back into the stride. This album for me, I actually think, I can see what you're saying. I think this could have done with another track or two, personally. Such was my enjoyment of it. I actually found that when listening to this album, it went round too quickly, which is a very strange thing to say. And very strange. I, I would <laughs> imagine a lot of people who put this on for the very first time would be like, Jesus Christ, I can't take any more than two tracks. But as I said at the start, once you do get through, once you wade through the density of this album, there's so much to enjoy. And and. Time after time, I keep going back and listening to this and just picking up a few little things here and there, whether it's like a, a jazz solo, uh, sorry, jazz solo, a saxophone or trumpets or, um, you know, these drum fills that, and as well, the musicianship is absolutely outstanding on this. Take oh, yeah. away the guests aside. No doubt. Like these, that's why I sort of started off saying as a three piece, just unbelievable bass, guitar and drums and just technically absolutely outstanding. Um. So, yeah, that's my sort of hot take on it. We will have the luxury of seeing them at Arc Tangent. I Vile will... luxury. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> um, 
I'm actually going to be seeing them on the Tuesday in Dublin before we go to Oh right, okay. Um, okay. It was. I think I told you this on text that um, Dublin doesn't get many like big international bands coming. They come around once every two, three years, and someone decides to book Imperial Triumphant and Cattle Decapitation on the same night oh, in Dublin. Man. So we we went to see Clutch the other night, and there was about six of us there. And we were all like, oh, who are you going to see? And it was a literal divide. Some people were like, well, I'm going to Cattle Decapitation because I'm they barely come down round here. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure Imperial Trumbull won't be doing regular slots in Dublin. Like, but such a pain in the ass, like booking two not not similar bands, but do you know what I mean? They're sort of yeah, have the same bands. Sort of, that yes, are, that's exactly that it. Are challenging, and you need to be a certain type of person yeah. to go to either. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So. But I'll get the luxury of see of our luxury of seeing them twice in uh, in a week. So whether that's I might not go see them after our tangent. I might just be absolutely Imperial Trump and it's out. Yeah, cool. I am very much looking forward to seeing live because I'd say a live show with them is very very good. Yeah, I'm I'm the same in that I don't think I like them half as much as you do. Um, but I'm very intrigued to see the spectacle and yeah. to try and see how this music sounds live because I can see it going one of it two ways. It's either going to be an absolute phenomenal thing or it's just going to sound so muddy and dirgy. And That is the worry. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a worry when your music is so dense and challenging. That's got to be a worry, especially... Do you know, I think you're seeing them in probably a better venue in that it's yeah. their own dedicated show. They've got control of the PA compared to a festival slot where they're kind of shunted in, albeit at one of the higher end festivals. Um, do you know what impact does the weather have outside? All these things. So I'm really, comp- I'm really intrigued to see them, maybe for slightly different reasons, but I think it's going to be one hell of a spectacle no matter what. Kenny G, guess the parents, do you reckon? Probably. <laughs> sure, he's not doing much sort of gagging he's to go to our tangent. <laughs> All right, um, I'll go first this week. Uh, this is very clearly a an excellent record, right up my Strasa. Um, Love Alphaville. Um, I think Alphaville got a nine from me. This is a very high eight, virgin on a nine. Um I think as the years the year progresses and I listen to it more and absorb it more. I mean, there's no doubt this would be in my top twenty albums of the year. No doubt at all about that. So it's a very high eight from me, my friend. You're you're a better man than me. I mean, I <laughs> take take my hat off because I just no matter giving Imperial Trumpet multiple chances on multiple occasions, I don't think I get them the same way you do. Mm. Um and it might just come down to a fundamental block that I just cannot get past. Maybe one day it'll click. I, I've gone for a seven out of 10 and that's partly Ooh. based on, you know, as I've said throughout, these guys are very impressive, very ambitious, amazing musicians. But for me, it's just something I can't go back to too frequently without being yeah terrified into a cowering mess so um yeah seven out of ten for me fair enough fair enough um so imperial triumphant spirit of ecstasy so we move on to our second album which is another pick of mine 
Um, this is Panzerfaust, and the album is Sons of Perdition, Chapter 3, The Astral Drain, and it's the final in the trilogy of the uh, Sons of Perdition's back threesome, whatever you want to call it. Um, the last one being Sons of Perdition, sorry, Sons of Perdition 2, uh, Render Unto Eden, which is my number six in 2020, my album. So I bloody loved that album as well. Fucking loved it. I was spinning it this morning as just before we came on to get a yin and yang as to how the albums progressed. So Canadian black metal, Benny. This is definitely more up your street without even asking, or I just know this is more up your street because it's a lot more contextualized black metal. It is a lot more meat and potatoes uh, template of black metal. Um, so again, I'll go to you. Did you enjoy their previous album? Have you been? I've I've got very little relationship okay. with Panzer Faust. I think I've stuck them on once or twice on your recommendation, but I've never okay. given it the big one. Great. Um, so yeah, this was my first fully immersive um journey into their music. I just out on that note before we dive in. Does this album sound typical of their back catalogue or is this quite a different um, direction for them? I, I'm glad you asked that question, my friend, because uh, this this is... Um, when you listen to Sons of Perdition 2, their previous um, album, it was very much on that black metal template. This is tinging, and I'm going to use that word tinging so everyone doesn't get hyped up, but there's definitely tinges of post-black metal on here and feelings of Cult of Luna-ish vibes compared to the previous albums. It is more expansive. And when I think about a band like this, I'm sorry, the way they've gone on this album, Blood Incantation springs to mind with that. Uh, what was their last album? I'm looking at it now. Not not Starspawn. Uh Gateways so, to annihilation. No, no, um, something of human race, extension of human race, or something. Yeah, yeah, I know the one you mean. Um, anyway, sort of that sort of spacey sort of vibe. So yes, it is different. At the same time, though, it does still hold true to the black metal template that they're well renowned for. So that is the answer to your question. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, do, I mean, so sorry, I, I'll, I'll ask you then. Do, does that? what i've described do you get those vibes as well yeah completely i mean this i would even be low to call it black metal i this is much more my type of music really um, yeah it's for me i had big kind of big um Im impressions of post-metal call it cult of luna call it neurosis call it the ocean very much into i mean you call you send meat and potatoes it compared to um imperial triumphant most things is imperial <laughs> potatoes. but um yeah this is still pretty different to your commonal garden black metal mm. I, I would be very cagey even calling it that i and that's really where the question came from like does this sound like their previous work? Because to me, it's it's this is really good, and this is right up my street, really, um, because it's much more in keeping with the stuff that I like, and um, 
Yeah, the I wanted to ask you this. I, I'm a bit put off by their name, and I it conjures a certain image in my mind of what they're going to sound like. Um, being called Panzerfaust, um, that I wasn't really expecting this type of music. And when you gave me the record, I was like, "Oh, here we go!" Like <laughs> s- some kind of military medium black metal yeah. kind of harking back to some imagery that maybe I don't want to be thinking about you know um but they, they don't sound like that at all or what I was expecting them to sound like and I just wonder what's in the name so if they were called unrequited or Numenorian two excellent Canadian post black metal projects that come spring to mind straight away I think it would evoke a, definitely a, a different impression in my mind um, coming into it. Obviously, yeah. when listening to it, it's totally different. But yeah, I I don't know what you can you do get what I'm saying. I do, there at all? and what the the band that instantly springs to mind when you talk about that is 1914. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, and the, using that term to talk about a decade of war. I personally love the name Panzerfaust because it's a Dark Throne album, which I absolutely love. So I've no qualms about that. But I know what you're coming from. And did it actually have an impact if you listened to album, do you think? Like, no, or was it just, just going the, into it? Just going into it. I was like, oh, God, here we go. Like, yeah. um, but it was once listened to that, that went out the window. And I, I mean, I posed this question to you when we reviewed that very good 1914 mm. album that you might be obsessed with that particular theme, be it war or be it pirates or be it, you know, whatever it is. But is it ultimately musically stifling to have that association with one thing, whereas as a musical project, you might want to talk about war one year and then space in a couple of years. Yeah the human experience in it so i just wonder how limiting a name can be uh and i definitely felt that about 1914 probably less so with panzerfaust but yeah to answer your question the lead up to this i was like oh god i know what this is going to be and it was totally different but i just think the name is important in that yeah it's a very good question probably something we can discuss when we're sitting together in a field at Arctangent, not really for discussion now, but I do know I do know what you're saying. Like Tool, for example, is very open to anything. <laughs> um Pantera, the same. Slayer, you're a bit you know, Slayer you're gonna sort of know, but I know what you mean exactly. Um but I'm delighted that the name actually didn't put you off. And going if I'm reading the room right this is an album you very much enjoyed. Very much. Yeah, I really liked it. I love, I mean, as I say, I, I think there's Black Metal on here, but I don't think it's Black Metal record. I think it's very expansive, very <laughs> atmospheric, very cinematic in its scope, very post in the way it builds into long songs. The way the album structures, I think, is really nice. Um, long song interlude, long song interlude, uh, long song interlude. I think that works really well for this type of music. Um, and yeah, I just love the build on each song and the payoff and the payload that came with it. Um, I like the two singers, um, the exchange. It was almost Conjurer-esque 
the way the two singers would exchange vocals. And I think for this kind of music, that's not a totally new thing, but I think it worked really well for Panzerfaust. So yeah, there's there's lots to enjoy for this record. And I don't want to kind of spoil the next review too much, but going into this with slight trepidation on hearing the name Panzerfaust, this album is my favourite of the week. Oh, lovely stuff. It's actually a bit of a lengthier one as well. Um, with, at nine tracks, and it is a lot more expansive. You're right, there's these, a few interlude tracks here. They call them interludes, uh, or in brackets, interlude. Um, tracks. The first track's like over 10 minutes long, nearly 11 minutes, which I would imagine when you first saw this and press play and 11-minute song, you probably were a bit... <laughs> worried about what you were getting yourself into yeah but very quickly i was reassured that actually this is exactly in my wheelhouse and um yeah i i, I it clicked with me straight away but it's also a record that i've kept going back to oh um, lovely yeah i must have listened to this more than anything else recently oh I'm delighted to hear that it's a lot they're a lot um it's a lot slower isn't it the the album the, the songs and the structures are a lot slower slowed down compared to the last album we talked about, Imperial Triumphant. They're so good at doing that, Panzerfaust, that they can, you know, go at any tempo yet still put across what they're trying to do. And the one thing I love about Panzerfaust so much is they're so good at having these little earworm lead guitar riffs throughout that you just find yourself wandering around the house humming. You're like, why did I hear that before? And then you put it on, you're like, oh, yeah. This, I, I love this band. I have done since I heard um, their last album, 2020. And this album was a not a surprise as such. Like, we always, always talk about bands being uh, uh, moving forward and progressing. I didn't really much expect it from them on this album. I would have expected it maybe on the, 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 the next album they'll release. But was I disappointed? No. Um, it took me by surprise for sure, but it's still a very, very good record. I I still prefer the previous album. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I do prefer the previous album. Post this post thing we're talking about, post metal and stuff, it isn't my favorite genre. Like, I do like, I like Cult of Luna. I wouldn't go as far as saying I absolutely love the arse off of them. So for me, the last album was my preferred choice that's interesting and that's the yin yang of joey and benny as well it is yeah yeah um i don't know if i've ever seen panzerfaust on tour and uh, not me seeing them personally but them playing live or anything maybe in canada they do you it's quite far to come isn't it, it is. so, yeah. for a band of their musical offerings but saying that maybe we'll see them in the future um yeah. Any any standout tracks for you? Uh, no, I not really. In that, I do think this is an album, in a way, like um, the Imperial Trumpet album that is a body of work and to mm. be enjoyed as such. Um, so yeah, I I just um, if I just get the track list up, I'll be able to say I liked Bonfire of the Insanities and that. I think if you're going to listen to one track to tell you what this is about, I think it's a good way to start. And it really builds on that post-rock structure of 
not first chorus, first chorus, first chorus, but more the build and the crescendo and the payoff. So, yeah, re- really, really good album. I'm pleased I've I've been given the opportunity to listen to it. I have in my notes here that I can imagine this is an album Benny has on going to bed. Uh, correct. <laughs> yeah, it was proper. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> definitely i was sat there listening thinking this is quite ambient night at times and then you'll really enjoy this yeah and i'm sure your wife charge. will when you get back oh yeah absolutely <laughs> with a song on the bedroom, bedroom. <laughs> yeah. to set the mood <laughs> um okay mate over to you with your it's a big ocho for me oh really enjoyed this yeah as i say um wasn't expecting to um, maybe different to what their previous work is like. And I probably will go back and just out of interest, listen to their previous work to see how it compares. But yeah, very much in my uh, wheelhouse and a hard genre to stand out in, I'd say, um, given the strength of the field. Um, but yeah, I think they do a really great job and this will be on for many bedtimes to come. <laughs> uh, eight for me as well. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, um, but I would, I don't know, I didn't look, but I would say their last album got a nine from me. Okay. Being, being as strong, much as I loved it. So, yeah, eight from me as well. Um, Panzerfaust, the album is Sons of Edition 3, Chapter 3, The Astral Drain. Um, so, on to our last album, which is very much a Vanny album. This is by Russian Circles. The album is called Gnosis. And it's out the 19th of August through Sergeant House. Now, Russian Circles are a three-piece instrumental band from Chicago. I was going to put on an American accent then, but I don't think I'd pull it off. Um, it's their eighth album. Yeah. Wow. And for the first time, I've heard them. Oh, really? now, so, now, sorry. I probably have heard them previously by you spamming me and saying, listen to this. But this is the first album I've sat through. So um, I went in with my eyes wide open, half expecting what I was expecting because you were you were after it. And yeah. reading it being a three-piece instrumental band. Now, that being said, there's some great three-piece bands. And, and, and instrumental, especially Mountain Caller, who you absolutely loved. So... Um, I wasn't hesitant going into it. I was a little bit of excitement. But I'll hand over to you, mate, because you're the resident expert on this. Yeah, sure, mate. Um, I mean, Russian circles are kind of one of the leaders in this field, really. And we talk about Art Tangent all the time. It's obviously quite relevant given it's happening in a couple of weeks but russian circles would be at a level of headlining the festival being a sub headline of the festival now that it's expanded a little bit years gone by they would have headlined without a doubt maybe now things have grown a bit and they've got slightly more diverse people playing it there'd be a sub headliner but they would be they would be considered legends in the field um i think what they do which is unique to them. I mean, like you say, it's instrumental music. I would call this post-metal, um, but it's very much from the coming from a place of post-rock, really. Mm-hmm. And I think what they've done 
which is distinct from other bands is they've taken bands like uh, Mogwai or other post-rock bands, but they've gone much heavier with the riffs. And so they are very much in what I would call post-metal in that they're very much a riffs-based band. The guitars, the guitar tone is really thick and heavy. And the riffs that you're getting are kind of Mastodon-esque, really heavy, sludgy riffs. Um, and so they draw parallels to other bands from the scene like Neurosis and The Ocean, but they they very much follow that instrumental formula. Um, they've released some amazing albums. They had this kind of little three-album run, um, kind of 2010 kind of time of station empros and memorial and in particular memorial is a fantastic album one of my favorites and to break with their tradition on that track they have got chelsea wolf singing on the title track Ooh. and it's one of my favorite songs it's beautiful it's incredible so so yeah they are it's fair to say they would be legends within this relatively small scene and they're one of the big boys in that um but like you say eighth album they've been pretty you know on the on the album cycle money in terms of releasing um and yeah so that what i would say gnosis is their latest offering 40 minutes of post metal yeah and i when i was doing the read the notes of the show i noticed that kurt baloo produced their album guidance so obviously well regarded because Kurt Ballou is one of those guys who everyone tries to get, isn't it? And he's quite distinct who he um, plays with. Not in that way. <laughs> Works with, sorry, not plays with. Um, yeah, I had so much fun listening to this. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, like, it's only seven tracks. Um, the one thing, though, that stands out for me is just the riffs. Endless. Yeah. Just end Like just have like this little money bag with just just put, put, putting a hand in, just picking out wrists. And and tomorrow we were driving the other day, myself and my wife with the kids, and uh, the title track was on. And even my wife turned to me and went, oh, that riff. So <laughs> you know it's a good, you know, you know, like the dinner table test we usually do. With yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then the kids started kicking off and she was like, oh, I need to turn it off because there's too much going on. So <laughs> it swings and yeah. roundabouts. But no, this Family is... Life. This is such a good album and really, really enjoyable. Like, um, I'm a, I'm I'm a big fan of when bands let the music really do the talking, and it does take a talent to have, you know, tell a story just with the instruments and talk about Mountain Caller. They do it very well as well. Um, I'm sure there's some other bands I've missed off who are pure instrumental that you'll yeah. probably tell me in a minute. Um, but yeah, it's just so much, so enjoyable to listen to this album. And I'm not gonna, I'm not saying that I'm now an avid Russian Circles fan, like I'm gonna go and buy all their discography and stuff, but I will 100% be going back in their back catalogue and I will definitely be looking out for them, um, for what they do in the future because, like I said, just sometimes you listen to albums. And it just hits you at the right moment. And this one, Russian Circles, really did that for me. And oh, I'm really pleased. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And like I said, posts, whatever you want to call it, is not my favourite genre. It can be a bit grind for me at times, but just I've no bones about this album at all. I've had a wonderful time with it. And it's not even out yet. That's great. I mean, yeah, I think you're right in that to be instrumental, you lose a vital uh, weapon in your arsenal of having a vocalist who adds an emotional connection to the music, be that something you like or something you don't like, something that's happy. Do you know, a singer adds so much, and for a lot of people, that is the be-all and end-all, is how they can relate to a vocalist. And so instrumental bands don't have that. And so they have to let their music work in other ways. And like you say, tell a story. You can't just go from a verse of chorus, verse to a chorus. Mm. So it has to be more instrument. Uh, it has to be more compelling and memorable than that. Um, and I think, you know, like I say, these guys have been doing it a long time. I think they know how to do it. And I think what is good is for someone like you who isn't necessarily in with the post-rock instrumental purist ATG kind of crowd, this is a great band because they bring just really heavy riffs and that is their stock and trade. So I think in terms of a gateway band to that world, Russian circles act as a, as the perfect one really. And yeah, the riffs are heavy, like you say, and really, I mean, as I said, Mastodon is the kind of the blueprint of where these riffs start and end in that they're sludgy and heavy, but accessible at the same time. And um, the melody is often provided by, you know, they do have some strings and some synth in there, but the, the clean pick guitar is is where the mel- melody comes from. And clearly, again, like all the bands on this should today show they're great musicians yeah. the drummer in particular i think is excellent and um yeah i i loved like you say the title track i think it's really good the last track for me is my favorite bloom is in a bit more of a typical post-rock way and it, it's got the more conventional build with the clean pick guitars um but yeah i just it's 40 minutes i think they know by now that if you're instrumental that to keep people interested you can't be going on too long so i think 40 minutes seven tracks one of which is a interlude track is just about right um so yeah really nice beefy yet crisp production really nice guitar tone and a really nice kind of thud in the drums um if i'm honest i don't think it's their best ever album okay And, and i think if you're going back to listen to one i would go with memorial as my as it's kind of got a lovely dark bluey gray cover on it and yeah that chelsea wolf guest slot is heavenly so so yeah that's what i would pick out but i think they're pretty whilst not their best they're very consistent and it's a great it's a great album indeed have you ever seen them live never never despite being i imagine they've been at Oh, tangent a fair few times, but I've never yeah, seen that's them. yeah, I would have thought that as well. Um, in fact, it? have I seen them? I, I wonder if I might have seen them support Cold Luna sometime, but no, I, I don't think so. Okay, I think so. I would definitely see them though. Uh, I've just put I just literally typed in that uh, memorial song 
Three million listens on Spotify with that that one with Chelsea Wolf. I'm gonna get right on that after straight after oh, yeah. we finish recording here. Um yeah, I'd I'd love to see him live, see how it translates live. Must be quite um a spectacle. And yeah, you can see what Yeah, I think they probably do you know, I think they probably translate we've not seen Imperial Trumpet yet, but I have concerns of how that would translate. You can imagine this translating very easily yeah. and that there's much less moving parts. And if you hit that guitar tone right, got the drum sounding good, then these guys would be away, you know, and, and it, it's very translatable, I think. So yeah, I'd love to I'd love to see him live. Um maybe next year. Yeah. Um Absolutely. or maybe they'll be on tour for their unbeam release, you never know. They might come over. But anyway. Um Okay, so Russian Circles. Uh, I'll go first, mate. And for me, on my debut outing with Russian Circles, this is getting an eight from me. Lovely. Yeah. I, like I said, I, it's not my thing, not my wheelhouse, but just had a bloody lovely time with it. And I implore everyone to check out this album when it's out on the 19th, which is two weeks away, something like that. Beautiful, mate. So, yeah. That's for you, Benny, beautiful. I'm interested to hear that, your... It's a seven for me. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I think it's a really good Russian Circles album. I couldn't say much more than that. I, I do think they've done better albums, but I, I really like what they do. And they are they are the ones to go to, I would say, for this kind of thing. So, And this album doesn't change my view on that. Yeah. I mean, I imagine after a weekend, me being at Arctangent, I'm probably going to come out of it going, fucking hate post-metal. I hate <laughs> yeah. all these bands. Uh, probably. But we've got a two-hour iPad set to see me off. Um, so that's Russian Circles, Gnosis, and it's out the 19th of August. And that's the end of the show. So we'll be back with our Arctangent preview uh, at some point in the next week or so. Until then, Benny, thanks... Thanks uh, for the lovely warm welcome back. It's good to be back home. Horrible. It's good to be back and I'll see you. I'll talk to you next time.